Welcome to the Readings Podcast, a celebration of books. I'm Nico Callaghan. In today's episode, I'm speaking here with Chris McCarris, the creator of the old vintage Melbourne Instagram, and now the author of not one, but two beautiful hardback photography books of the same name. The most recent volume covers the years of 1960 to 1990 and offers a keen, richly detailed and notated look into Melbourne's built, cultural and familial histories. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. The first thing that I wanted to know before we got into talking about the books themselves was, would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself and your life leading up to Old Vintage Melbourne, if you will? Sure. So, yeah, born and raised in Melbourne. So this is my home. I've been raised to always be appreciative of of where I'm from and, and where I've grown up. And I'm from a Greek migrant family. So we came from extreme poverty and sort of all the opportunity and everything that was that's why I love Melbourne so much so it gave me all the opportunities and a good education and whatnot so I'm a lawyer by trade and this was really started out as a lockdown project I was bored I had exhausted all shows on Netflix and all movies and I thought why not you know I stumbled upon these old photos and I thought this would be really great to share with people online so started out as an Instagram project and then we thought you know what Instagram's great, but this needs to be a book. And here we are. You know, speaking of your own heritage and lineage, it's something that I relate to from my own family. And it's mm. it's funny to look at Melbourne, I guess, with an eye where it's familiar in some way, but there's a kind of a distance or an oddness to it as well. Um, mm. And I do wonder about the perspectives of people who come to this book from all sorts of backgrounds in Melbourne, be they, you know, families here for multiple generations or more immediate migrants or even people whose families have been here since time immemorial. But it's fascinating to take it in and see particularly the migrant background photos and culture come through in this second volume that you've mm. just produced. It's much more present and palpable and that's really interesting. It adds a lot. For those unfamiliar with old vintage Melbourne Instagram, can you tell me about you know, the process of setting it up and then the mm. interactions you had with people to, I guess, populate it and fill it with all this fascinating stuff? Sure. So the process itself is I try my best to find images that relate to as broad a uh, group of people as possible. So that's why you'll find that it has a lot of images from central Melbourne more so. Even though I go out to the suburbs, I try and focus on areas that most people that follow the page will recognise or be familiar with. So I'll, I'll dive into Trove or people send me photos or really anything online that is of good quality. So my criteria is that is it is of good quality. There are so many historical pages online that are just pixelated damaged images so a lot of the time if they are damaged I'll try and touch them up myself not change them in any way but just to try and fix it they get rid of blemishes and rips and whatnot and then I'll do a bit of research try and find some fun tidbits I just find in terms of engaging people I'd never wanted it to be and history isn't boring but a lot of the time it needs to capture people's attention you know it is social media I find like as a society our attention span has gone down so and it wants I want it to grab people and there are so many interesting stories that I think the wider community doesn't actually know. So I'll try and find fun tidbits and little historical facts. And, you know, sometimes it's also just a vibe. I want it to fit into the gallery. I want to try and go to different eras. I don't want everything to be from the 1970s. I want, you know, different eras. So there's not a real strict criteria, but there's some of the things I look at in terms of process of, of getting it going and continuing it. Mm, absolutely, yeah. In finding those stories or things that will appeal to people, have you found, I guess, images or scenes and situations in your 
research or you're you know going through the trove or the troves to find things that you feel like speak to Melbourne perhaps as a in a quintessential way like a migrant city or a place of coming together of different cultures have things jumped out like that absolutely it really is a part of the the Instagram and part of the books as you said it's more prevalent in the second book but just from I guess the engagement with the with people that follow the page and this has over a hundred thousand people on there now so there's there's so many people that write their own stories or or give their own little anecdotes and definitely you know I relate mostly to the sort of that wave of migration that post World War II wave which is huge so many communities and in many ways have shaped the Melbourne of today and our culture whether it's food and music and everything so yeah quite often there'll be little people messaging me and they'll just reach out to me to say things like hey Chris you know my grandma was on the same ship that your grandma was on or or just give me this even if it's not related to me they'll just give me their story of sort of where their families come from and oh we had this restaurant on Ligon Street or we did this or we did that and and I love that people share that and they'll share photos with me from their own family collections and yeah so it definitely shows that we're a there's a huge diverse ethnic community in Melbourne so it's that's why it had to be a huge part of the second book because immigration is such a big theme. And I guess, I don't know if it's in the works, but I would be very, very curious to know. I mean, it's, it's maybe perhaps a period that doesn't sit within our minds as being perhaps old or vintage, but the 1990s or the early 2000s, I feel like, Absolutely. is a period, you know, right with opportunity for scouring, you know, what is now becoming like a past of sorts that we can't really kind of touch or feel anymore because it is far away. But, yep. you know, there's those different waves of migration in the 90s or the early 2000s that have yep. come to shape the city in a very fundamental way as well. Massively. And it's the 90s itself. That That's the era I grew up in. So personally, I really identify with that. And it's like enough time has passed now that we're starting to look at it as a, a sort of a nostalgic time. I'm 33, so things I remember sort of from the late 90s and the early 2000s that are, remind me of my childhood and the nostalgia that it evokes, it makes me realise that a lot of the people that see these images from the 60s, 70s and 80s, they get that same feeling from that era, so from those decades. So it makes me think there's so much opportunity now to try and scour the internet and, and just so much more was documented as well. So, yeah, the 90s is a very interesting time. And like you said, it's another wave of migration. So, again... It's a melting pot, really. You add all these decades and all these different backgrounds and and not just ethnic backgrounds, you know, changes in the law, changes in the way women are viewed, gender in itself, you know, even the queer community, things like that. So much has changed over time and you mix it all together and that's Melbourne now. So, Mm, yeah. Definitely, absolutely. Um, I guess taking into account that idea of history and the things that change, Um, speaking of the photos either in the book or that you've done for the Instagram or the page, um, are there particular ones that stand out to you that or perhaps have like a powerful effect of really showcasing that just contained in one image? Are there ones that speak to you or situations? Yeah, I I often find that the ones that speak to me are the ones where where there's something pretty iconic in the image. So I will say generally, whilst buildings and, and streetscapes and stuff are cool, the images that that are zoomed in on people's faces and their expressions and their clothing. That's sort of what gets me. And and a lot of the time you might just look at an image and you might think there's nothing special about this image. But once you focus in on certain parts of it, it reveals so much. So it's very hard to, because a lot of them are just indicative of, of the times. Like, And there'll be things that people notice that I don't notice. And then they'll say, oh, well, 
don't you know this this shop? This was Guy Grossi's uncle and, you know, he was the one that helped his father and he had this restaurant and, and everything relates to something. So it's, yeah, it's very hard to narrow it down. Probably the best is the front page of the, the second book because it's got so much. There are so many iconic things from the make of the car to the Melbourne tram to Flinders Street Station to the fashion. So that's why I picked that. So I reckon that's probably one of them. And it's funny how that facade on the front of Flinders Street is one that is still... So recognisable, yeah. I guess when you look at these photos of things where places are redeveloped or the people that were once in communities are now gone or have changed, Mm. I guess what I'd be interested to know is do you get a sense of things that you feel like we need to hang on to or to cherish about Melbourne so as to retain a culture that continues and allows for people to be... Absolutely. So one of the things I'm probably most, I'd say, most proud of or you know, what I want to achieve with the books and with the Instagram. It's that I want to make people aware of, I mean, we are a nostalgic people and if we don't hold on to it, we will lose it, you know, and the only thing we're going to see is these books, I guess, are sort of, and these images are sort of our, our time machine, you know, and we still have so much in this city that remains from... 100 years ago and I think that just facilitating that awareness and it it just reignites this fire in people to want to preserve our heritage buildings like I think architecture is a big part of it I find that our our buildings are the footprints of our, our ancestors and that in itself just makes me think that you know what if people want Melbourne to retain its identity they need to be passionate enough to stand up for holding on to this history you just walk around Carlton or you walk around Brunswick or and, and you know there's so much graffiti and whatnot but the buildings themselves are still these these heritage buildings you know it's from the 19th century and you can still walk down and I know it's it's funny because I'm talking about an Instagram but I want people to stop looking at their phones and walk down the street and look up and and look around and say well our city has still has a vibrant history and it's not a I mean obviously there have been indigenous people here for 100,000 years. It goes all the way back, but the most recent history, it's only 100 years old, but we're already seeing it being wiped out here and there. And I mean, it was so much worse in the 60s and the 70s, but I think people are now getting more of a sense of, you know, we need to preserve that because it's part of our identity. Mm, Absolutely. I think um, one thing I would like to know is, is there a particular building or a style of building within Melbourne that really speaks to you as being something that you would want to hang on to or protect and cherish? I mean, the big one that stands out for me is the Royal Exhibition Building because that's it's a huge building. It was built at a time where Melbourne was really probably the wealthiest city in the world, you know, and, it, and it, you look at its, its opulence and how ornate it is and it makes you think, well, this city at one point was, you know, the destination, you know. It was where it was the New York of the time sort of thing. And I, and I love that. I have to say I'm not a minimalist in that sense. I love how detailed and how gorgeous that architecture is. It sort of reminds me of that huge building in Milan. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, that's that's one that sticks out. And then there's the Federal Coffee Palace, which doesn't exist anymore. It was, it was demolished in the 70s. And that is, I think, considered by most Melburnians to be one of the greatest architectural losses of the city. Again, so for me, it's that 19th century, you know, what you would have seen on Collins Street, still on some of the buildings there, they stick out for me. That, that, I love that reminder of, you know, Melbourne at its, its height up during the gold rush. Mm, definitely. There's a lot more too. And, and like you said, it's, it's this, 
hodgepodge, as you mentioned it, you know, of all these different eras coming together. And I, I do love that about our city. You know, that's, that's what it is. It shows it's indicative of its people. We're all from somewhere and we've all come at different times, but we're all from Melbourne now. So I do, I love that, that aspect of our, our city. Yeah, definitely. Maybe this is a, a risque topic to bring up, but do you have thoughts or feelings about the development in particularly Melbourne CBD over the last 10 years, the, the glut of towers that have sprung up? Look, I find that people generally, like on, in the comments on my Instagram, that very vocally against it, how, how overly developed it is now, especially if you look... Uh, there's a, there's, there are two, there's a comparison, two comparison photos in the, in the latest book showing South Melbourne, for example, and South Bank. And it was just flat, you know, in the, in the 80s. And now it's full of high rises. Yeah, I think it does tend to... It's, we need a balance. At the end of the day, a city is still going to develop. You know, it is going to grow. Melbourne is such a fast-growing city. I think it's set to be the largest Australian city in, in the next decade. But at the same time, you're right. As that happens, it does erase or it changes or dilutes some of our identity. So, yeah, I understand that it happens and it needs to happen, but I do think there need to be rules around it as well. So I'm very... The, the, the heritage laws around some of these developments are very important, but then they still keep popping up. So you do wonder to what extent there's money talk, but yeah, it, it is a bit of a controversial topic, but honestly, I think that Melburnians by and large are against seeing it and I'm one of them too. So, mm. As you say, you need to have that balance. I guess it's where that middle ground of the balance is that perhaps causes consternation at the, the development and the change of the skyline and stuff. Yeah. I would just like to ask one final question, but I'll preface it by saying that my favourite photo in the new book is it's the one taken at the Queen Vic Markets of the, the fruit stand with the glorious smile on the purveyor of fruits, the little baby. It's really, really gorgeous. Do you have a particular favourite from either the page or from this book that you've just put out? Particular favourite for me, there are two for me. So what I loved about having this book was the opportunity to immortalise some of my family in it. So my grandparents are in the, in the book. I haven't said that they're my grandparents, but I've got a really great photo of them from the 70s around a lamb on the spit doing the very quintessential Greek family gathering. So personally, I love that. But there's another photo in there of, I think it's from the 1967 and it's looking in Block Arcade and there's a lady in the front with some very 60s looking glasses and a that 60s hive haircut and she's looking into a shop in Block Arcade and I love that because I go through, walk through Block Arcade every morning to, you know, to get to the office and, and I, love, I love everything about that, 60s, the fashion, all that, and, and the architecture inside Block Arcade too. I thought it was all very 60s and a relative of this lady's, so someone recognised her and reached out to me and um, I heard she actually passed away late last year and she was a lady from Ballarat and she would have been in Melbourne at the time shopping you know, and I, I just love that the idea that people recognise people in these images. So they're, they're not just images of random people, you know, they've all got stories and, you know, their kids and their family, they're still here living in this city. So I, I think that's why it's probably a fave. But that happens with a lot of, a lot of images, people recognise people. So mm, that's pretty mm. special. Yeah, definitely. It's nice to quite poignantly, I guess, immortalise that person when they're probably at you know, filling a million dollars, walking through the block yeah. arcade with their outfit. You know, that's quite a special thing. There is a real delicate poignancy to this book because even though so many of the photos are dealing with these vast structures, these big imposing changes, 
it is the photos of the people that make up the city that really come to the fore and give it the, the character, the warmth and Great. make it unmistakably Melbourne. Yep. I recommend everybody go out and check out and grab a copy of Old Vintage Melbourne, 1960 to 1990. And if you haven't got one, get one of the first volume as well. Chris, thank you very much for coming on the Readings Podcast and thank you for making these wonderful books. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. You can stream previous episodes of the Readings Podcast at our website. We will also find all kinds of other recommendations for great books, music, film and TV. You can also sign up to e-news or to receive our free monthly newsletter, The Readings Monthly. The Readings Podcast is produced by me, Nico Callagher. The show's music is by Tom Hoskins. All episodes of the show are recorded and produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to acknowledge traditional owners of this land and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Thank you. <laughs>